Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today is Monday, August 8th. Happy National Sneak Some Zucchini Into Your Neighbor's Porch Day. Yes, that is a real day. These these National Day things out here are wild. And if you're listening to this on August 8th, please, if you have zucchini, go sneak it into your neighbor's porch. And if you're listening to this later in the week, one, you should subscribe so you get notifications every time a new episode drops. And two, just sneak some zucchini into your neighbor's porch anyway, because it's hilarious. And they'll be like, what? Why? It's, trust me. I did it last year when I first saw this thing, and it was I loved it. And so random. But anyway... I digress. And we've got a great episode for you guys today. Joining me on the show later is Chip Rogers, president and CEO of the American Hotel and Lodging Association. Chip and I will discuss the current state of the hotel industry and the latest intel from their mid-year report. But first, as we do for every episode, in case this is your first time listening to the show, let's dive into what's been trending in the world of travel in the last week. We begin with cruising comfort and safety levels have jumped 21% according to Global Rescue. 40% of travelers, according to them, have already cruised since the pandemic. So I'd love to see that, that the confidence and comfort in cruising is continuing to rise among travelers out there around the world, too. I love that. So more cruise lines are also updating health and safety protocols. Last week's show, we talked about Carnival and Royal Caribbean and their rule of five nights or less equals no test for the vaccinated travelers. But now Norwegian Cruise Line has jumped into the mix and they are no longer requiring passengers to be vaccinated at all. Starting September 3rd, Vaccinated travelers will no longer need to test, and unvaccinated travelers are now welcome on board, but they will need a negative test to sail with Norwegian Cruise Line, Oceana, and Regent Seven Seas. So, of course, everyone still has to adhere to the local destination requirements whenever getting off the ship, wherever you're going out there. So make sure you follow that and you know up and you're up to speed on that. That's why I always say you as a travel advisor, they're gonna have your back and they're gonna know what's what, especially with all these changing rules with all the different lines on that. So we'll have a recap of all that and what you need to know from the cruise lines up on travel pulse later this week but this is good you know i love providing positive updates about cruising and adding to that carnival corp unveiled last week that it's investing in technology across all its lines that will save millions of dollars in fuel costs each year while reducing fuel consumption it's called the service power packages and it will save five to ten percent of fuel costs per ship the upgrade is expected to reduce fleet-wide greenhouse gas emissions by 500,000 metric tons annually, while saving about $150 million in fuel costs annually. So love to see that. Keep it going, cruise industry. Brands across really all sectors of the travel industry, they always try to outdo each other or one-up the other or something like that. You know, and this is an area I really hope that, you know, the different cruise brands out there continue to make a push in the way and they compete against each other and be very competitive in this nature and, you know, say they were the first to do such and such when it comes to, you know, sustainability and the future of cruise travel and that. I think that is fantastic. And the the race to that would be absolutely wonderful. So moving along in other trending news in the last week, Mother Nature made her presence felt over the weekend from Thursday, August 4th through Saturday, August 6th. There were more than 21,000 flight delays into and out of the U.S. airports and more than 3,200 cancellations. Weather was the key factor for these issues across the East Coast. I mean, obviously, there's still staffing issues going around and all that stuff. But weather actually played a big role this past weekend. So if you saw things about like, oh, lots of cancellations in air travel, blah, 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 chaos, chaos. It, well, that was air, that was Mother Nature doing her thing in a lot of that aspect because that, that can happen anytime. I mean, you're going to see th summer rainstorms I actually lost power earlier this morning. And I was freaking out because I didn't have the Wi-Fi. And I was like, oh, I got to do an interview. And yeah, the, Mother Nature wreaks her havoc whenever she wants. So um, the FAA implemented delay programs over more than a thousand mile stretch between Boston and Atlanta over the weekend. So Boston, New York, Philly, DC, the Carolinas, Atlanta, obviously 
all impacted by this. I had a friend flying back to Atlanta this weekend, and because of weather, they hovered around, you know, just floating around. <laughs> Not really floating, but you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, their plane started running low on fuel, though, and they were unable to land in Atlanta, so they had to go back and refuel in Nashville. I've actually had to do that experience as well. It's not fun, but it, you know, you got to do what you got to do. He definitely can't be running out of fuel up high in the sky like that. So it's an unfortunate situation and caused delays. People probably missed their flight on that, but uh, what are you going to do? You know, mother nature, uh, I was actually driving through Atlanta in that crazy storm coming back from Jekyll Island, did a nice quick trip, little weekend getaway with the fam. Loved it. A great location. If you've never been to Jekyll Island, Georgia, a lot of fun, a lot of history there too. So Rockefeller back in the day, the Jekyll Island Club. I definitely recommend checking it out if you never heard of it. So Google that around. But anyway, that storm though, it was it was rough. One of the worst storms I've been through in a while while driving, and everyone on the highway collectively, you know, banded together for responsible driving because you could barely see anything. So it was it was kind of a nice thing of like you're just all of a sudden the storm got worse and worse, and all of a sudden you know highway everyone on the highway you're just like wow everyone is being really good. Right now, it was, it, was, it was a good feeling of like survival mode, I guess, if you will. So you never know what Mother Nature, Mother Nature might do. So it's always good to give yourself plenty of time and avoid the tight windows of time. If you need to connect flights when you have to fly that way, leave earlier or later if you're driving, depending on what your weather app says as far as rain goes. So, you know, do, do what you can in that aspect, because yeah, sometimes you, you can't, you have no control over things. So control what you can control in that sense. So in other air travel news, uh, Qantas has asked their executives to step up and volunteer for special duty by helping the front lines and being baggage handlers. So that was interesting over the weekend to see that news. Um, will more companies follow suit? Will we see lots, you know, fellow CEOs of, you know, Delta or American or United jump in the mix and say, hey, we're on the front lines. We're working with our people and showing. I don't I don't think we'll see that here in America, but, you know, kudos to you for Qantas. And hopefully there was not a lot of pushback or bite back from those key executives and they just they did it and handled it. You know, love to see people stepping up and helping out when they can. In other air travel news, um, some more of the fun stuff here. Jason Momoa, uh, who's most notably known as the Aquaman, essentially, he jumped on a flight and acted as a flight attendant last week. And this video was going viral of him just handing out uh, waters, actually, as he surprised passengers by serving drinks on a Hawaiian Airlines flight. It's to celebrate the airline's partnership with Jason Momoa's water company, um, Mananalu. I think I pronounced that right. So I can't lie. It'd be pretty sweet experiencing that, seeing a celebrity just walking down the aisle. All of a sudden, you're listening to music you pop up and like, oh, it's it's Aquaman. Like, what? What? Yeah. So um, it got me thinking, though, which celebrity would you love to make a guest appearance or a surprise appearance, should I say, as uh, on your flight as a flight attendant? So if you think of celebs who own food brands, there's not a whole lot, but um, it would make sense to, you know, if you're handing out thing like, like he, like Aquaman was doing there, but, um, John Bon Jovi serving up his Bon Jovi pasta sauces would be pretty cool. Right. Ryan Reynolds serving up his aviation gin just seems like a perfect blend there. I mean, aviation is literally in the name and he is a master marketer and it, just make a commercial with Ryan Reynolds on a plane serving drinks like that. It didn't even have to be a commercial, just a viral thing like Jason Momoa did. And I think that would take off for sure there and would be a really cool experience to see that especially if he was dressed up in any of his costumes of any of his movies that he's done also Dwayne the rock johnson anyone he's got a tequila brand serve up his tequila brand that'd be pretty cool too same with george clooney even though they sold that i mean he's still the face of it i guess but you know for like a billion dollars or whatever there's there's so much money in these alcoholic brands it's kind of crazy on that but anyway which celebrity would you want to see on your plane podcast at travelpulse.com is the email let me know reach out to me 
on your thoughts on that. And another crazy airline news over the last week, an airline passenger who arrived in Australia from Indonesia was fined nearly $2,000 for transporting McDonald's breakfast sandwiches. You, if you hadn't seen that story, you, you're probably thinking something crazy like, you know, gold or, you know, some, you know, drugs or no, no, McDonald's breakfast sandwiches. That, that's what got him. So, but that's because Australia has a really strict rule on that. So can't take that in there. So security checked through the passenger's luggage. They found two egg and beef sausage McMuffins and ham croissant, as well as a travel safe hotcakes. So Australia has food policies in place to avoid introducing foot and mouth disease to the country. So very, uh, very strict on the biosecurity there. So can't fault them at all on that. You know, this guy may not have known the rules on that. Just uh, eat your food before you get there, dude. Like what? I don't, I don't understand that. I'm there's McDonald's everywhere. Like, what is the thought process? And that's the most expensive McDonald's this guy is ever going to have to pay. Uh, I would, I would think, I would hope so, right? Could you, I mean, just whew, that's like, can I get like ten of everything on the menu at McDonald's? I have always wanted to do that. Of just go up to the drive-through sometime, but like, can I get one of everything on the menu? I'm not made of that much money though, but uh, someone out there is, and they should totally do that. Make a video. I would love to see that. So, moving over to destination news. International travel remains a high priority. We've got data from Amadeus is pointing to the revival of international travel. I'd love to see that. 42% of their survey respondents saying that international travel is a high priority for their upcoming spending and how they plan to use their money and their hard-earned money, their dollars and cents out there. So it's actually higher than fashion, eating out, and home improvements. So people had a, you know, stuck at home for a while in 2020 and into 21, a lot of home improvements going on in that. People are now ready to travel. We know this well. So where can you go though? I mean, there's a lot of places to be out there. We did post some um, new posts up on Travel Pulse. You can check out on the most popular destinations with no, no COVID-19 travel restrictions. And some of those destinations include Mexico, Dominican Republic, France, Italy, Turkey, Germany, the United Kingdom, Greece, Portugal, which I plan to go to next year. I'm excited about that. We've got an event coming up. Other ones in Austria, Australia, and South Africa are some of the top ones without any restrictions. No need to show proof of vaccination or a test or anything like that. You are good to go. Love it. And also, you know, safety is still top of mind for a lot of people out there as it relates to COVID, but also crime and, and everything that is lumped in that. That's why you can check out U.S. State Department. They have travel advisories on that, and we post them regularly in the updates as everyone is intrigued by which places are rising and lowering on that and we did a roundup of some of the top ones for the level one travel advisories as more places have been lowered on their travel advisory levels and some of those include greece fiji aruba thailand australia new zealand canada ireland iceland and saint lucia so those are several of the destinations that have a level one travel which is just recommending you take normal precautions on that and that's the guidelines from the u.s state department there so that wraps up what is trending in travel. Any additional thoughts, you can drop me an email, podcast at travelpulse.com. Now let's jump over to our interview segment of the show, focusing on the theme of this week around the current state of the hotel industry. And now joining me on the show is Chip Rogers, president and CEO of the American Hotel and Lodging Association. Welcome to the show, Chris. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your work in the travel industry. Hey, Eric. Uh, so good to be with you. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, so we um, at the American Hotel and Lodging Association... Uh, we represent America's hotel industry. Uh, we seek to promote and defend the industry uh, from policymakers, uh, people uh, really frankly in elected office anywhere, but also the general public, uh, trade media, uh, anybody that's interested in hospitality, travel, tourism, and specifically hotels, 
uh, that's who we represent. And so um, that's what we do on a daily basis. That's great. Yeah, certainly needed for the industry and to, so much has happened over the last two years. So your work is definitely key for the progress and, and moving forward of uh, the recovery stages that we're in now. So you guys at the American Hotel and Lodging Association did recently release your 2022 mid-year state of the hotel industry report. So what's the latest happenings from there that you can share about the current state of the hotel industry today? Well, so by the end of 2022, the hotel industry is going to be back to where it was uh, from a revenue standpoint back in 2019. Now, a couple of things to to think about there. It sounds like, well, that means everything's back to 2019 levels. Well, revenue-wise it is, and that, that does not take into account inflation. So we won't be back adjusted for inflation, but the mix of revenue sources is much different. And so what we're seeing on the hotel side is a lot more leisure travel, a lot less business travel, uh, and getting a little bit better and close to 2019 levels for meetings, conferences, and events. And so the mix of who's traveling, uh, who's staying in hotels is much different than it was in 2019. But overall, that revenue is just about back to 2019 levels. And the, the second thing I'll say is that the recovery has frankly been very regionalized. Um, if you take a place like Miami, Florida, they were back to 2019 levels probably sometime in late 2020. I mean, they, they really returned quickly. Other places, some of your gateway cities that rely a lot on international travel, a place like San Francisco that relies a lot on Asian travel, uh, still nowhere close to 2019 levels. And so the recovery has been regionalized. Uh, Some places are doing much better than 2019 and some just aren't back yet. Makes total sense. I mean, yeah, this whole state of Florida really blossomed much sooner than other aspects of, of around the country for sure. And, you know, it's it's great that we hear that, you know, by the end of the year, things will be back, but obviously still a lot to go and, and a lot to grow here for, for the hotel industry too. But I'm curious your thoughts too on, you know, with, with inflation, you mentioned that being that is top of mind for so many and there are the rising cost of seemingly everything these days, you know, are there, when it comes to hotel hotels, a lot of people still think about deals and they try to find deals for places to stay and everything. So are hotel deals like a thing of the past now, or there's still deals to be found? Where do you think deals fit into the hotel industry of, of today and uh, the rest of this year and beyond? There'll still be deals, uh, but keep in mind, of course, as you mentioned, inflation and, and perhaps the biggest single inflation factor that the hotel industry has faced Um, is the cost of labor. Um, When you look at working in a hotel, um, the wages have gone up about 70% faster than the wages in the general economy. And keep in mind, the general economy wages have gone up quite a bit as well. But uh, while everyone's going up, hotels are going up much, much faster. And and at some point, obviously, that has to be passed along to the consumer. The hotel has to make a profit or or they can't stay in business. And so uh, the cost of renting a hotel room is going to be higher than than it has been. But if you're looking in places that are not your obvious outdoor-related resort areas, you can still get a deal. If you think you're going to go to Miami or Tampa or San Diego or Phoenix and get a good deal, uh, that's probably not going to happen. But if you're if you're looking in some of the other places that, again, aren't uh, specifically associated with outdoor resort activities, you can still get a pretty good hotel deal. That's good. Yeah. I mean, deals are so synonymous with hotels and and people trying to find ways to save money, especially, you know, as we said, with with the inflation going on right now and money being top of mind for so many. It's interesting, you know, with the the big cities are trying to to target people and deals are the the, the key way to to get people to come book and come stay and entice people. So it'd be interesting to see how, especially as we approach, you know, the the holiday season and, and any sort of incentives and what sort of uh, marketing strategies should we say for for hotels? Will, will they push forward on that? Should be 
pretty interesting. I think it'll be pretty good holiday season uh, bookings wise. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, summer has been fantastic, and of course, that's been because of the boom of leisure travel. And when you think about when you think about holiday bookings, that's all leisure travel. And so we expect that trend to continue. I mean, there's a lot of people who haven't seen relatives in a couple of years. And so getting back out there this holiday season and traveling um, will be great. We, of course, are always keeping our eye on gas prices, which have been uh, unfortunately very high for a very long period of time. Now that will dampen perhaps some of the length of travel. Um, but we generally believe people will be out traveling for Christmas and New Year's and, and even Thanksgiving. And so we expect a pretty good holiday season. The industry definitely needs it too. And so as I mentioned, deals, anyone listening, you can always check over travelpulse.com backslash offers. And our deals page over there, we always have a lot of stuff there too. And a good bit of all-inclusive resorts as all-inclusives are, are kind of the hot seller when you think of hotels at the moment of where a lot of Americans have been traveling over the last uh, two years as those were kind of the first international uh, spots to kind of open back up. But uh, as I mentioned, you know, that's international. It's mostly Mexico and the Caribbean there. So that said, you know, all-inclusives really are rising up. There, there are a lot of hotel brand, big name brands jumping into it with Marriott and, and Hyatt, you know, purchasing with that merger they had. So do you think that there might be more all-inclusive resorts coming to the U.S. though within the next decade? What are your thoughts on that? You know, I really don't know in the next decade, the U.S. has not been a home for your all-inclusive resorts uh, because frankly, those resorts can draw in people uh, at very high levels without, without offering all-inclusivity. And so um, I don't know that you're going to see that over the next decade, and almost assuredly, you're not going to see it in the near term because most resorts are running at near capacity right now. They don't need to offer um, any special incentives to get people to come to those particular resorts. And so I, I don't sense it's going to happen anytime soon, um, but I've been wrong in the past. No, I, I agree with you. That. I think that there are certain markets that lend themselves to being able to you know, push that if they decide to go with that in the future. But it's obviously going to be a lot harder. I mean, you think of Hawaii and because, you you know, you compare to, you know, the Caribbean area and tropical and paradise and all that good stuff. We've got Hawaii in the U.S., but the logistics of making that happen over in Hawaii would just be way too hard. So I don't see it happening there. I know Club Med has got one coming into Utah, I think in 24, I believe it is, or maybe, maybe 25 now. I'm not sure what their progress is on that. But, you know, that's a ski thing. So you can entice people with that regard. But yeah, especially these big name brands. I mean, like you said, capacity is, is, is going well right now. We're seeing a lot of stuff for summer travel is good. So you don't necessarily have to at this moment, but maybe in the future, just because it is such an enticing segment, um, it, it'd be interesting to see which destinations would lend themselves to that area. So I'd love to see it in Hawaii, but I just logistically, I don't think it could happen out there. Yeah. I think if you're looking at what trends, long-term pricing trends, you might see change. Um, your urban city center hotels are, are, are going to continue to feel a little bit of a pinch with fewer people back in the office, which cuts down on the business travel to the urban city center and fewer large scale events than there were back in 2019. So I think if you're looking for a place where you might find some value uh, compared to 19 numbers, it, it could be in some of those urban city centers, um, but resorts, most likely not. People, uh, because they can work remotely now, can work from a resort. Um, because uh, there's so much pent-up demand for that leisure travel, those resorts are going to continue to benefit for that or from that impact for quite some time. 
Definitely. Give me, give me the strong Wi-Fi, and I'll go anywhere to work, right? That's what the, exactly. the whole lot of mindset is switching to. So you, you do travel quite a bit for, for your job. So and you mentioned you know, different cities there. So I'm curious, uh, what cities and or hotels or whatever you want to lump it in together, however, um, what, what's really stood out to you in the last year or so as the industry has sort of you know, gone through this pushback to, for recovery here? Well, I, it's interesting because in general, um, if I were to give them my choice, I, I would be in San Diego in the winter and I'd be in Boston in the summer. Okay. Um, those are like two of my favorite places to go and they, they still are. And I've been to both places a number of times during the pandemic. Um, I, I think maybe more importantly, what I've seen recently is just some, the change in, in some cities and, and how they look. For example, I was in, in Seattle back in February and um, it was dismal. It was really dismal. A lot of closed up shops, a lot of places that look dangerous and dirty uh, and I was really concerned for Seattle because it really was was a gem um, yeah. uh, for for travel here in the U.S. for quite some time. And then I went back two weeks ago, and you could see a, a dramatic difference. And so they've really turned that city around just in the scope of a few months, uh, and it was feeling a lot more like the normal Seattle I remember from a few years back. Another city that's actually making some improvements um, where you can actually see it and feel it is San Francisco. It was just there actually last week. And uh, the mayor there has really made safety and cleanliness a, a top priority for her administration. And you're beginning to feel that around the city. And so San Francisco, while they have work to do, um, is getting much better. On the flip side of that, a city that continues to struggle and, and frankly is getting a little bit worse is, is Los Angeles. And, 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 and they've got their work cut out for them. The, the homeless problem in Los Angeles and the corresponding safety issues that go along with that um, it seems to be getting progressively worse, and and the city council there um, doesn't seem to be doing much of anything about it. And so, um, there, uh, you know, the, the, some of the ideas they came up with recently of putting people, homeless people, in the, in, the, in hotels uh, would make the situation ten times worse, and it is a terrible idea. Um, they've got to deal with those type problems in serious ways, and not come up with gimmicks like putting people in hotels. And so. Um, you know, as I look around the country, some cities like a San Francisco and a Seattle seem to be coming out of the pandemic, doing it right. And cities like Los Angeles seem to struggle. Yeah, it's interesting with L.A. It seems like a, just the, the thought process of, a, you know, let's fix homelessness with tossing in hotels. It seems like a quick, easy, like just the idea of it seems it, but the actual like making it happen. Yeah, I think would be much worse on that front. And so hopefully L.A. can can write the ship on that and get better because they do have a lot of big events coming to their city. They already had, you know, the MLB All-Star game just this couple weeks ago, a month ago now, I guess. Whatever, and they've got a lot of more events coming up in the coming years, too. So that's something that definitely needs to improve upon that city. Yeah, look, I mean, it's a serious problem that deserves uh, a serious answer and not silly recommendations like suggesting that you put the homeless population uh, in the room next door to a paying guest because that puts your hotel workers in danger. Um, it's certainly going to send your guests fleeing. It's going to destroy the yeah. base, your tax base. It's just a, it, it, it's frankly a, a horrendous idea that shouldn't even be given legitimate consideration. Uh, but there are other solutions to homelessness uh, that one could consider. It just takes work and effort and, and serious thought, not gimmicks. Absolutely. So, as we move along and we're running short on time here, I do want to get your thoughts. What would be your advice for, we have a lot of travel advisors who listen to our show. So what is your advice to the travel advisors out there who are selling hotel stays to their clients? Look, if you're looking for uh, a special break on a resort hotel and you're going to try to wait this out, you're going to wait it out for a long time. I mean, resorts are in high demand. They're being actually being more being built right now. And so if you have folks who, who want to 
take that vacation they've missed the last few years and, and really have that quality time with family and friends, now is the time. I, I wouldn't, wouldn't wait much longer because um, you, you're not going to get that type of resort deal anytime in the near future. Absolutely. You got to jump on it. You can't, the waiting game in travel right now is you just can't do it. You, if you're thinking it, you need to get the process moving and the booking started and, and all of that. So I I'll wholeheartedly agree on there. And as we close things out on this last one, I want to have a little fun here. It's final question. Um, so say you're about to create your own hotel, you're venturing off. Um, what is your must have feature of your, your own hotel of the Chip Rogers hotel or whatever you want to call it? <laughs> well, beyond what you started with earlier, and that is fantastic high-speed connection, uh, which I think is a given now. Yeah. We need more swimming pools with swim-up bars. Now, you're probably saying, is Chip, is that what you do when you travel? No, it's not. But I did recently look, and there are so few in the United States. I don't know if it's an insurance problem or what, but there are so few hotels in the United States with swim-up bars. And people that, that, that love that, they really use that, that, that feature. Yeah. And uh, your food and beverage revenue will go through the roof. Um, just look at some of the stuff that's happening in and around Margaritaville brand uh, and the F&B revenue they're creating. And so if I were creating a hotel, I would first put in a beautiful swimming pool with a swim up bar. I love that. Yeah, that's uh, pretty unique there. You, 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 you hit it on the head like it's not really a thought of U.S. hotels. You think swim up pool bar, you, you think, you know, you're all inclusive, your tropical stuff in Mexico or the Caribbean there. So I like that. It was an entice. For, for me, I would probably go with uh, big on, on the food and also like a really awesome lobby so just to take your breath away as soon as you walk in would be my sort of go-to and it, the thing you mentioned about the food and beverage going through the roof like a lot of people with inflation right now you raise the price of a meal something you might get a lot of bite back i was talking about this on the previous episode when i had andrew zimmerman on the show but like you raise the price of alcohol people aren't really going to notice they're still going to want their drink so yeah swim up bar would be would be absolutely clutch to that and so i would also have to throw in maybe the best towels in all of the hotels i would be that would be my thing i've been known for the best hotel towels that's like my <laughs> it's super random i know but i love a good hotel towel that is there's actually a good hotel towel if you if you know what i mean <laughs> yeah you can't beat that good hotel towels are memorable so good point there indeed so thank you chip i really appreciate you taking the time to out of your busy schedule to talk all things uh, hotels here. So anything you want to plug, how people can get in touch with you or um, the American Hotel and Lodging Association, excuse me. Yeah, you can just go to our website, ahla.com. And, and Eric, uh, it's great to talk to you. And next year, we're starting our own big hospitality show. It's actually called the Hospitality Show. It'll be in Vegas. And I will make sure you have an invite so you can join us out there. Thanks. Yeah, I love that. It's a great name there. I mean, that is, yeah. I love that. So I appreciate it. Thank you for your time. And uh, thank you guys for listening. That is all the time we have for this week. Stay tuned for a fun episode on location somewhere next week. Be, be sure to tune in.